G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here. You're listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, and today's conversation is an absolute ripper. I'm speaking with Tom Reba, a performance coach, founder of The Contractor Fight, and also a podcaster himself who has done over 800 episodes of The Contractor Fight Podcast. He has millions of downloads, uh, is a phenomenal man from Colorado Springs, and we, we talk all things uh, mediocrity in terms of breaking mediocrity, destroying mediocrity. It's a fantastic conversation, whether you are a leader who is just setting out on your leadership journey, whether you've been a leader for a while, or whether you are an individual contributor looking for some, I guess, some key principles to embrace, to move forward, to super fast track your development and smash mediocrity, then this is the episode for you. Uh, If you'd like to know more about Tom, please check out the show notes. And uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. All right, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast and a very, very warm welcome all the way from Colorado Springs in the United States of America, Mr. Tom Reba. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Darren? Very well, thank you. Um, I've got to say, mate, just just before we press record, I was just uh, I didn't mention this, but it's a very impressive setup you've got there. You've got the contractor fight label. You've got a really good um, logo on the back. And yeah. your T-shirt is all about mediocrity dies today. That's right. And that's, that's it. You, you got it. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. This is a uh, corner at my house in the basement. Uh, we've set it up to be a little bit of a studio. We've done about 800 podcasts from this corner and, and over a thousand YouTube videos and all that stuff. And it doesn't take a whole lot to, uh, to bust out a bunch of content. You know, I'm always telling people, you know, like you, you started three years ago, you hit record, right. And it's, yeah. Nothing can happen that impacts people the way you want to impact them if you don't hit record and and there's no excuse to not do it in today's day and age. Which is uh which is a really interesting principle. I think we might delve into at some stage. As we've already talked about, we have no idea where this podcast is gonna go because right. both of us have got a blank piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so buckle in and let's let's see where this heads. Um, yeah. Tom, you are a performance coach. Um yeah obviously a founder of the Contractor Fight, which is the label you have on your left-hand side there, or uh, also a Contractor Fight podcast. But uh, love to get a little bit of sense from you for the listeners. What is the Tom Reba backstory? Um, and what what led you to do what you do today? Because I'm, I'm always interested in delving into whether it was a catalyst of a, of a specific moment mm-hmm. or whether something just evolved over time. Yeah, you know... Um... I, since as long as I can remember, believe that I was put here to do something that helped people at a mass scale. And, um, you know, I was in and out of the Marine Corps. I was an athlete, played football. I, um, you know, I started and sold a painting company outside of Chicago. I've worked with, um, you know, so many different types of people. I was actually in uh, ministry for about 10 years. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And and it's funny when you look back and, you know, what do they say? Success leaves clues and there's always evidence of things. And um, what did I hear today? I heard a phrase uh, today that uh, wisdom is just connecting the dots. I just thought that was pretty cool. And so when I look back, I can connect the dots. So I guess that makes me wise to some degree. And I, what, what's, what's cool is everything I've, I've done has been to impact people. Uh, I coached high school football for 17 years. Like everything is always revolved around helping to have an impact. And so in 2012, I think it was early 2012, I sold, sold my half of my painting business and um, cause I felt there was something bigger. And mm-hmm. so I started speaking and coaching and I didn't know what it was going to be. It was just uh, some, some guy who was running his mouth and around 2015, I started a podcast and I hit record and, um, just because of my contracting background, you know, a lot of people kind of flock to that. And then we rebranded the name of the show in 2017 of the contractor fight. And 
we've built uh, an amazing worldwide movement of home improvement contractors all over the world, and we're helping them um, demolish mediocrity themselves at home and in their business. I mean, that's that's what I do at a grand scale. No matter that's 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 my what I perceive as my mission, my purpose in life is to help people do that. And through the years, just as that brand has grown, I've had people tap me on the shoulder and ask me to speak at other non-contractor events and do workshops and stuff. And so um, the contractor fight is our main hustle, if you want to call it that. We have about a dozen coaches around the country and thousands of people part of our community. Um, but I I started uh, Tom Reber Performance Coaching for the non-contractor peeps out there. And um, you know, a lot of those same principles apply, you know, you, you know, you've been around the game long enough to know that certain things in one industry apply to another and there's just the little details you got to work out. So yeah, I, uh, just blessed. I'm married my wife, Lee, we call her the queen and uh, we have five kids between us, you know, and, and I shared before, uh, we hit record here. We just became official empty nesters a month ago. And, uh, it, it's pretty cool. I could walk around naked if I want to, you know, I mean, you can do anything you want, man. So it's... <laughs> my wife's always like, put some clothes on, damn it. So, um, no, but it's good, man. It's, it's, it's good. And, uh, I appreciate you having me. I look forward to chatting with you here. Awesome, mate. Um, I was, we were also just saying that when you're, when you're home alone, we're the boss of the house. We, we make all the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right and i'm alone right now she's she's a horse trainer she does the hunters hunter jumper uh she was a competitive uh, rider for many years one of the top riders and and then she's uh one heck of a trainer and she's off working with one of her clients here this afternoon so we made it work here with us so so i'm alone right now i am the king of my domain you are the king of the domain <laughs> you know we do have a little bossy chihuahua running around here i might try to throw his weight around but that isn't going to get too far so um, sensational sensational so there's a couple of things love to delve into with that um your background obviously uh, a minister as, as well you're in the ministry but yeah, as yeah. in a contracting business um and you said your mission is to to help help people drive value for people and and help them i'm, I'm not sure i'm using the words that you use and i apologize if i'm putting words in your mouth but but crush mediocrity and take take action the, yeah. the changing of branding for you in 2017, what was it about the contractor fight that really resonated? Because mm-hmm. um, you build a community around all around the country right now. So yeah. what was it that was the catalyst for that? Yeah, so uh, the, the podcast I, I started with, we called it uh, the Strongpreneur Podcast, and it was just a general business podcast. And what I found is that no matter how hard I tried to get away from the contracting and construction construction world, they kept showing up. And, and so it just made sense with, with the size of our audience and the people that were having me come speak that we, we really get focused on that niche and, and, you know, serve where we felt we could best meet needs and impact the world. And so we, uh, you know, we, we rebranded in 2017. I named it the contractor fight because I believe that you know, all the success we want starts between our ears. That's where the real fight is. And, you know, contractors, just like any other profession, have their own head trash and negative self-talk. And, um, you know, they, they doubt their value. They won't raise their prices, you name it, you know? And so, um, and that, that was really just kind of the, the whole philosophy behind naming it that. And, and I really, um, you know, I, I do things a little bit differently in the contractor fight. It, it's funny um, when people will have me come speak or sometimes on a podcast, they're like, um, hey, can you not swear as much as you do on your YouTube videos or on your podcast? <laughs> and and um, and and yes, I, I can. It's totally it's totally cool. I mean, I, I hosted a show on HGTV for a season here in the United States, and and um, I think they only had to bleep me out twice in a season. So that was cool. Um, but you know, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is I think if you want to be more successful in business and sales, you you need to speak the language of your people. Yeah. And, um, not to say you can't get your message across without strong language. I'm very Mm -hmm. clear on that, but, um, the other aspect of that is that most people that are in the coaching consulting world are, um, they, they all look and sound the same. 
And yeah. so I was very intentional that uh, I made a commitment. This this is like a whole life story that I won't go into about my own head trash, my own negative self-talk and my own um, lack of belief in myself and this and that. And I lived many years where I felt I was living a duplicitous life. Like mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be the same guy in the kitchen with my wife that I'd be with my buddies. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be the same guy there that I would. Yeah. I, and, and it was hell for me because I, and I think it's hell for anybody when you just can't be yourself. Yeah. So a commitment I made was, um, and this several years ago, going forward, I would never sacrifice being me again. And so, um, so that's why I'm a little bit polarizing in our industry because, you know, what do they call What's Tony Robbins call it a pattern interrupt. Yeah. You know, that's why you stop on an ad when you're scrolling on Facebook because something interrupts the pattern. Yes. And so I knew that in order to help as many people as I, I wanted to help with the lessons I've learned, um, they I needed to give them a reason to pay attention initially. And so it's not uncommon where for a guy to be scrolling through YouTube, hit one of my videos and I'm pointing at the camera and I'm, you know, calling them a, a this, that and the other thing and quit stealing from your family and being a little wuss. And I use stronger language than that. But um because I, if I can't get your attention, I can't help you. Yeah. And you know that. And no matter what you do, if you paint houses, if you sell insurance, if if you don't get attention, um, you can't deliver the value that you have, or yeah. you will only be so uh, um, uh, you'll only deliver it to a point. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that that was that was what's behind the name and the rebrand, and and so my, um. What fires me up every day, what gets me out of bed is just the idea of being able to help other people demolish mediocrity in themselves at home and in their business or career. And, and we have a saying here in our world that we call we say success is an inside out game. Yeah. So if you drop a rock in the water where the rock hits, that's you. And we say, you got to get oxygen for you. You got to take care of your mind, your body, right? You, you, you got to get sleep. You got to eat right. Um, not be a slave to the harmful things. Um, and then from there, it's all about your people, mm. you know, your family, what's under your roof, the people that you love the most. And then when you're strong there, you're strong at home, you carry that, whether it's good or bad, you carry that with you into your career. Yeah. And so you're going to have a stronger business and a bigger bank account, fatter wallet, you know, when you're stronger and it's, and you work the inside out game. And sadly, many entrepreneurs, many leaders, with great intentions, they have it flipped, yeah. right? They, um, you know, one of our phrases here is stop stealing from your family. Okay. You're out there trying to serve your market, yet you're giving your family scraps, Yeah, you know, of your time, your energy, um, you know, you steal time, money, and memories. And so we're, um, we're really big on, on developing a stronger you and, uh, and, and then a home life. And I mean, our events are, your spouses are half price. We want you to bring them, you know, I mean, I could go on for days, but it's, um, and that's from personal experience. You know, I was married many years. I was divorced um, with great intentions. I still managed to burn some things to the ground under my roof at home and um, all in the name of taking care of them, I was neglecting yeah. them. And yeah. so I think that's why I talk so much about that. It's such an important point because um and I do a lot of leadership programs for corporate people and they they think mm. that it's all about the extrinsic. It's all about I'm there to serve my team, I'm there to serve my business, but they don't necessarily learn how to serve themselves first, look mm-hmm. after themselves first, because that's the first the first step in leadership, lead yourself first. And all the stuff you've spoken about, well, if you can't do that, mm. you're not going to be any good to anybody. So yeah. it's yeah. um and yet there's so many people you might you might see this as well. There's so many people that are chasing the external elixir, thinking that, well, if I get that next contract, if I get that next deal, um, mm-hmm. then I'll be quote unquote happy. Um, yeah. it doesn't work. It's it starts it starts from the inside. So alarm, I yeah. actually love that. Yeah, the first conversation I have when I when I coach a, a CEO is uh our very first call, all we talk about and it comes out like this, I, I'll, I'll say, Darren, tell me about your workouts. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, what's your workout routine? What are you eating? How much sleep you get? Right. And then the next question, if they're married is when's the last time you took your wife on a date? Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes it throws them off because like, you're supposed to be coaching my business. And I'm like, I am coaching your business because you're your business. Yeah. I don't care how big your business is. You're the business. Yeah. And so 
how you go, everything else is going to go. And if you're not strong in yourself and then at home, uh, you're going to bring it, be bringing scraps to the business. And so, um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's pretty funny. Like when I, um, when I kind of flipped it for me with all that, I flipped it when I, the, my, my wife now we've been, uh, you know, her name is Leah. Like I said before, the month we started dating, I kind of brought that new philosophy into my life, you know, like in that relationship. Yeah. Dude, every single month since our first date, my PL has grown. My profit has grown. Everything's better in the business. Doesn't mean we don't have struggles and we don't get mm. kicked in the face here and there like everybody mm. else does in business and life. But I can tell you, hands down, when you take care of yourself and things at home, um, you know, the business stuff is easy. So it's it's there and this stuff tom is so easy to overlook right because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there who will be listening to this and say mate i don't have time i don't have time to mm-hmm. i don't have time to work out i don't have time to do this do you know how busy i am do you know how much responsibility responsibility i have i well, yeah. i can't afford to do that and yeah. i'd be interested in your take on this when you do have that conversation with a ceo and you ask those first questions what's your workout routine like how often how often you take your wife out to a date how many times do they turn around and said, what? I don't. I don't have time. So that T-shirt that you're talking about there, mediocrity, mm-hmm. That's, that's I, I hear that and I hear excuses. It's not a priority. But they don't necessarily un- understand it's the code that they need to start to tap into that will potentially make the difference that makes all the difference. Because if they're happy, if they're yeah. content, if they're taking care of the right areas, it has a flow-on effect or a ripple effect mm-hmm. of every other area of their life. Yeah. When I hear I don't have time or whatever the excuse might be, you know, we'll talk about time since you brought that one up. If they own their own business, they're in control of their calendar. Mm. And, and a lot of us don't realize we're in control of our time. You, you have the choice when you hang your, your sign on, on the door for your, for your company and you're the owner of that company. Um, I get it. You have demands. We all have those demands, but you get to tell your calendar what happens. Mm. Uh, and so I think your, your calendar is a reflection of the things that you think are really important. Yeah. And so, and sometimes it's just a simple conversation like that. Like you you set this up. So if you don't have time for something that's important to you, you also have all the power in the world to change it. Yeah. You know, so let's, let's reframe this. Um, and I think the other big thing is, and I learned I learned this from the book. Uh, I could see it over there, which is why it's on my brain. It's called The One Thing. If you ever read The One Thing, I've heard of it. I haven't uh, read it. And and in the book, The One Thing, the uh, uh, one of the concepts is that if something is going to end up on your calendar, it needs to audition to get there. Think when you reframe it that way, that because not everything is of equal hmm. importance. That, that takes our time up. And, and also let's not forget most human beings are pretty undisciplined and, and pretty, pretty uh, wasteful with their time. And so, you know, we seem to have time to scroll through Facebook for 20 minutes. I heard something this morning. I was, I was in the gym, listening to a podcast. The average person is like, um, what was it? 144 minutes a day on social media. Okay. So now I, I blow that out of the water because I'm on social for work and I'm posting and I'm doing video and I'm doing all these things, but like the average person that's not is they're wasting time. So, um, you know, the, the time thing is BS. We both know it. We all know it. And they even know it when I call it out, I go, well, you're the one in charge of your calendar. So you get to say what's, (laughs) what stays and what goes, or you have a delegation problem, right? Um, maybe you're, you have things in your calendar. Um, and, and I, I like to, um, this is hard for me because I'm a very type a personality. So I, I love to like, let's go, you know, but when I, when I, when I'm at my best, Darren, I'll say, Darren, let's look at your time. And I want you to a- answer one question. Where are you spending your time where it matters the least? Yeah. You know, and if I could get them to answer that question, 10 out of 10 times, they come back and they're like, I do have time. Mm. And, and so you know, the inside out game that we're talking about means that you schedule your workouts first. You mm. schedule when, when you're going to go to bed, you schedule date night before you put all the business meetings in. And then guess what? When a business meeting pops up, that's a, at, at a time where you're taking your wife to lunch, you're like, Hey, sorry, I'm busy at that time. What other times do you have? Yeah. And, and so this is, um, this is living with intention 
and and attacking that process and not just letting things come to us. I think that's reactive. a really important. Yeah, it's mate. It's a really important principle, not just for um, leaders, for contractors, mm-hmm. but for anybody, any human being. Because yeah. you hit it on the head where you said that um, you're in control of your agenda, and if you're not in control of your agenda, then somebody else will be. And we see this all the time in corporate. There, mm-hmm. I, I work with leaders all the time who simply say, "I quote, I don't have time," because there's so many expectations that are thrust upon me. I need to be yeah. at this meeting. I need to be doing this, and I need to be doing that. And I said, "Well, you are you're a slave to mm-hmm. the man or the big organization. You need to wrestle control back and start to focus on the things you can control, because you'll find that mindset has a part to play in that, but also the actions you take as well as that." So imagine if you're imagine you're a leader and you pull your team together, and you say to them, "Hey, I've been doing some." self-reflection here about things that are really important to me in my life. And what I'm realizing is the things that are most important to me are getting my scraps, things like my health, my family, my kids, whatever you fill in the blank. Um, I know we have a lot of things going on here in the company. There's a lot of demands here. I, I can't figure this out on my own. I mean, if you were just vulnerable with your team, yeah, and said it's important to me to be healthy. It's mm. important to me to have a good home life, good marriage, this and that. Just like I, I would think it would be for you guys as well. How can we make this a strength, mm. not only in my life but in this company? And and I think that's one of the things that leaders we do, right? We we think we have to be Michael Jordan and put the ball in the hoop every time. And and this is really uh, and and I'm I'm preaching to myself here because. That's my nature is I'm like a pack mule. Just keep throwing it on my back. I'll yeah. carry the load because I'm the leader. I got to carry my water. That's that's actually one of my values is carry your yeah. water. But yeah. realize that, you know, the people on your team, if they're the right people, they want you to be happy and fulfilled and healthy and all those other things because they know, and my team has proven to me over time and time again, over and over, they're like, dude, we got this. Mm. Go. We know it's your date night or whatever it is. Go. Yeah. And yeah. so- I, I want to encourage people to lean on your team because when when you keep showing up trying to be like the person with all the answers all the time, you're not approachable now, you know? And so and there's a lot of other issues with that, but I think your ego gets in the way that, that yeah. I can't show weakness because they're all counting on me. But I think that shows real strength to um, to sit your key people down and just go, guys, I got to figure some crap out at home here. Oh, absolutely. You know? So, absolutely. or, you know, I've gained 40 pounds in the last two years, you know, this is, this ain't, this ain't good. I got to fix this. And so I'm going to adjust my start time and I'm going to the gym for an hour, non-negotiable mm-hmm. every day. So whatever has, has to happen around here, you tell me and I'll fit in. That's and that it. also shows that you trust them as well. And when you trust people, they want to rise to the occasion. They don't want to let you down. They want to do their job at a high level. But it also gives them permission to do exactly the same thing and take care of themselves mm-hmm. as well. As you were talking yeah. there, Tom, I was thinking about, I used to work for one of the biggest telecommunications companies in Australia. Um, it was the number one, or still is the number one. Um, but I, And I there were so many people within that organization, and I say leaders, mm-hmm. who couldn't leave the business. And when I say couldn't leave the business, they almost wore like a badge of honor, the fact that I haven't taken yeah. leave for two years, right? And what you'd notice over that period of time is that that person became overweight, lethargic. They started to really age, but they thought it was all about them because they had to be there because if they weren't there, the business would almost implode. Mm -hmm. And it was the leaders around them who were placing a priority on, you know, I've got to look after myself. I've got to take a break. I've got to go away. I've got to decompress. I've got to completely disassociate from the business I've got to make my health and well-being a priority that ultimately were the ones that got the better results. Well, they are. You know, every single time I take an extended period of time off, our business grows. Okay. So, which you would think I would just go, just take more time off. But um, <laughs> but I like, I love what I do. I love what I do. I, you know, and so, but, but again, this is, this also comes back to, um, this is a business strategy, by the way. Yes. You know, you cannot, 
uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to wreck the whole origin story here, but I, I believe the marathon was created in honor of some guy who ran from 26.2 miles away back to reinforcements to, or something to warn them of an attack. Right. I, I don't remember all the details. So, and he basically sprinted a marathon, delivered the message and dropped over dead. Wow. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure, man. I'm pretty sure. So the point being is you can't live your whole life every day at an all out sprint. We're not designed to do it. Mm. And so you, you, you stifle your creativity when you're always on. Mm. I was doing stuff this way. I told you before we hit record, I, I was playing my, my mornings on Sunday and I was doing a couple things. And, um, and at one point I had my phone in my hand and I'm like, God, can you put this thing down for a minute? You know, just put it down for an hour and just chill and click through watching football or, you know, walk the dog or do something because my best ideas and strategies and, and tactics I've ever come up with in business and maybe millions of dollars have always come. Not when I'm working. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's that. The other thing is this, some people are, they're, they're, they're picking up what we're putting down right now. They're going, all right, I get you. Um, but they're afraid of the judgment they might get from other people, mm. you know? Um, and whether you're um, the owner, the boss, the CEO, or you're an employee, it doesn't matter to me. I want to encourage people to get okay with getting very real about what they want and not having to defend what they want. Yeah. You don't have to defend what you want to anybody. And this, I'm 54 and I just learned this in the last year mm -hmm. is well, why do you, you know, if, if somebody were to say, well, why are you going to start an hour later every day or whatever your thing might be? Yeah. Because I want to is a good enough answer. Yes. Okay. And so, so many times we don't take action on the things that we know we should do because we're, we're afraid of the judgment we're going to get or the criticism mm -hmm. we're going to get, but it's your life. Yeah. It's your life. And, and you can always start another business. You can always get another job. You can always find a way to make money, but we get one shot at this thing. We get one shot. And the last I checked in the studies and the articles that I've read about people on their deathbed. Okay. Um, regret was like number one on the list that they didn't take the shot. They didn't spend more time with family. They didn't have more experiences. So you want what you want and, and you don't have to defend that is my point. Absolutely. And interestingly, those people who are on their deathbed actually do not ever say, geez, I wish I spent more time in the office. Mm -hmm. I wish I spent more time doing that working or doing that uh, proposal. They never say that. Right. Ever. Not so once. it's, but it's so interesting, isn't it? How many people live their lives through the getting or gaining or trying to seek the approval of others, whether that be mm -hmm. a friend, a family member, a boss, a customer. Um, but I reckon mm -hmm. that comes back to what you said earlier about getting really clear up here about what you want, what's important to you and what you're prepared to not give up. So yeah. what's, what are your priorities? Which means you need to know what your values are. Well, it, you know, when back to when you were sharing, like somebody says, oh, I don't have time. When I hear that, I, and this isn't meant to be like a judgment on people. It's just what I, my experience has been. They've just been too lazy to put in the mental work it takes to get clarity mm. on what they really want. Mm. Right. And, and you, you know, getting mental clarity around something is tough. Mm. It's tough to to really filter out the noise of the world, your past experiences, and and just go. What do I really want my day to look like? What do I want my life to look like? What do I, you know, how do I want to spend the first hour or two of my day? And then plant your flag on that and reverse engineer what ha has to happen for that to to become a reality for you. Yeah. And and I, you know, so many of us, and I I, I believe employees are dying for their their leaders to to do things like this because so many companies will go, Oh, we're a family. We're like a family here. You know, we're a really tight company and we really care about our people and all that other garbage that we say in our company missions and, and, and all that stuff, <laughs> but we don't live it. No, we don't live it. But what, what would it look like for you to create the type of environment where anyone in the company has the freedom to raise their hand and go, Hey, I need a day. And everyone's got their back because you modeled that. 
Yes. But it was safe to do that. And yeah. you really care about some. We we have my personal assistant. She is a workhorse, an absolute workhorse. We have to tell her, take time off. Don't work this weekend. Don't do anything. All right. And I want her to have a life outside of work. We want our people to have a life outside of work because all the reasons we just said where we need to get some free up some bandwidth, our mm. people need that too, to be their best. Yeah. So it's not just an owner thing. You know, I, I, um, I, I think we underestimate the power we have as a leader in, in leadership is influence, right? So it's, yeah. that's all it is. It's influence. Yeah. You know, how can I truly influence my team to really be like a family? What would that look like? A good, a, a good functional family, right? Not a, not a dysfunctional one. So, and, and it starts with getting uncomfortable. You, you got to get uncomfortable. Uh, you brought up the clarity word, which is probably my favorite word, if I'm honest. And my second favorite word is consistency. Once mm. you're clear on what you want, now it's about time to implement the things on a consistent basis that are move that are going to move you closer to the thing that you just said you want. Yeah. And this is where also I think a lot of people go wrong. They, their definition of, of consistency is once or twice a week, Yeah, you know, where to me, consistency means every day, every day and clarity, you know, we can say we want something. And, and I was just having a talk with a friend. He's like, why do you think so many people, I think the stat is like 9% of people reach their goals in a year that set new year's goals. And I'm not a 9%. new year's 9% okay. of all the people that yeah. set new year's resolutions, get them. And I, and and he asked me, he says, why do you think it's so low? And I said, because I think we take our eyes off the clarity that we had, the, uh, the dream or the goal that we have, we, we take our eyes off that and we put it on our problems. Yeah. And, you know, our reticular activating system in the brain is, is conditioned to whatever we give attention to. It tells us, it, it says that's important. So it finds more evidence for those things. So if you're just yeah. focusing on problems, you're going to get more problems. You're going to see those problems, but if you're focusing on your dream and you're, and on the process, you're attacking the process to get there. You know, we talked about both hit and record one day, you know, I had this vision for how I wanted to help the world and blah, blah, blah. And I hit record and I've over 800 episodes, yeah, over a awesome. thousand videos. I just keep showing up because success doesn't care how I feel. doesn't care mm. that I didn't sleep good last night. doesn't mm. care that I had a fight with my wife. You know, or my daughter's car broke down and now I got to fork out another 20 grand to fix the thing because she bottomed it out because she was going too fast over a bump, which she's like, I wasn't driving fast. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't happen at 15 miles an hour, honey. But, you know, we, we get so sidetracked by our problems. Number one. Number two, we don't get what we want because we get um, we read our own press clippings. Yeah. You know, Darren has record sales month in November. And so then Darren, <laughs> Darren thinks that he's all that because his name's in head in lights. And then on December 1st, he doesn't repeat the consistent activity that he did in November to have a record sales month. And he takes his foot off the gas. Right. And, you know, one of one of my good friends, he, he, he phrases it and his phrase is better than mine. He says we get seduced with our own success. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's why we're not reaching more of our goals, Yeah, whether if it's a sales goal or whatever it is yeah. for the lead, being a leader in your company or a health goal. Yeah. So, um, clarity and consistency are, are pretty much my two favorite words. And if we do those really well, the, the word that's on your t-shirt that mm -hmm. actually happens, mediocrity will die. Um, but it's interesting because I talk about consistency a lot as well. And I, and I'll say to leaders, what if the worst feedback you ever get is that, you are consistent. What would you what would you think about that? And it's fascinating some of the responses you get because most people would think, well, consistency is not a very charismatic word. It's not very sexy, mm -hmm. right? But consistency is powerful because it compounds. If you do yeah. the same thing every day and you've got to make sure you're on point, you yep. all the stuff we've spoken about, you've got to know why you're doing it, what what direction you're heading, you need to know what your vision is, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're consistent like that over time, you won't know yourself in three months' time, let alone in three years' time. And that's where mediocrity gets completely blown out of the water because it's it's completely now outside of your or your realm of or frame of reference mm -hmm. because you know exactly why you're doing stuff. You got that clarity, and you're doing it absolutely every single day without fail. 
That's yeah. consistency. And if you can do yeah. that, your team, whether it be an employee base, a sales team, whether it be a contractor base organization, they're going to see you because they're going to watch your every move and they'll start mm-hmm. to model that. Well, you, you know, how many times, and I've made this mistake uh, far too many times that I'd like to share. And as a leader, you know, you take something like, let's let's talk about something simple, like a, a, a weekly meeting for your department or whatever. We're going to, from now on, we're going to have this meeting. Okay. And then you have it a week or two. And then the third or fourth week, it's inconvenient. So you go, all right, we'll punt it to next week. Right. So what you just did is you sabotaged everything that came out of your mouth. You just said, this is not important. So now what are they supposed to think? You know, where, where the consistent leader says, Hey, I know it's inconvenient. So instead of coming in the office, we all got these, let's get on a zoom for five minutes and we're going to have the damn meeting. Yeah. Cause this is important. You know, we, we hijack our own success so many times because we lack that consistency. And I was sitting there laughing as you say that because <laughs> I've got two hands in the air. I used to do that. I used to postpone <laughs> meetings or say, no, I've got nothing to talk mm-hmm. about today. We'll talk about it next week. And next week would yeah. never come. And I wonder why the, the team weren't weren't adhering to I guess the level of consistency that I thought they were capable of. And and it meant that there was a disconnect between my words and my mm-hmm. actions, which translated yeah. to a lack, a lack of credibility. It's uh well, you, you know, it's, it's funny. I get asked a lot. I know you didn't ask, but a lot of people are like, how do I attract more qualified people that are, you know, great employees to the company. Right. In our world, I usually wear on the t-shirt. We, we have a shirt that says hashtag FW. And it, it stands for F and winner. That's what we call an A player in my world is an FW. Okay. Yeah. And people will go, well, how do I just can't seem to attract FWs to my company. It's because you're not being an FW, mm. right? True winners, A players, whatever you want to call them. They're not going to hitch their wagon to somebody who isn't modeling the future they want to have. Yeah. Isn't modeling discipline. So, yeah. so for those that are listening to this, if you're having a hard time keeping a great team together, look in the mirror. It's you. You're the one. Mm-hmm. I was the one. Okay. And so other thing on consistency, because I, I know we you talk about sales here a little bit. Um, we're really big on role plays. Yeah. Okay. You know, in our in our coaching program, we have every weekday, unless there's a holiday in the United States, we have a live sales trade role role play call with a coach. And we'll have 50, 60, 80 people on these calls um, role-playing. Uh, hey, every time in the sales process, I get to this point, I I seem to, it falls apart. Can we role-play this part or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. And what I've, what I've learned with that, um, you know, sales is all about confidence, right? Yeah, you got to know your product and all that stuff and empathy. And I get all that, right? But at it really boils down to people want to work with people that they trust and trust is built when you're confident. That's one of Mm -hmm. the aspects of it. Well, confidence is built when you grow your discipline. Yeah. All right. It's not your talent. A lot of, I, I used to, um, I'm, I can be a pretty likable guy and energetic and have some charisma. And these are God-given gifts I've had. My mom nurtured them and my dad and this and that. I know how to go in and work a room. Um, You know, I I grew up in bars. My dad went to the bar every day. So I just learned how to get a, you know, a quarter out of the old lady with a hairy mole at the bar so I could play the pinball machine, you know? (laughs) And, um, And so I just, I really learned that. And what I realized is that only gets you so far. It's like the athlete who's talented the higher you go up in the athletic world, everybody's talented. Now the separator is discipline. Yeah. So a lot of salespeople listening to this, you, you have that talent. You've been in the game a long time and maybe you're plateauing. Okay. Well, look at your discipline. Mm. Oh, and the personal stuff that we talked about, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but then look at the discipline of role-playing. Well, I had a guy tell me once, I don't need to role-play. I've had all that training before. I said, you know, I was in the Marine Corps. And we went to the range all the time and we fired our weapons because it's a perishable skill. Yes. Sales is a, is a perishable skill. 100%. When's the last time you saw a pro golfer say, I don't need to go to the range. 
Okay. <laughs> he's at the top of his game and he's still at the range. Why? Because of the discipline of doing those things. So it could be the discipline of sending, you know, we, we do these things. We call them unexpected intentional touches. We teach our clients to do this. So if, if I did a, uh, a an engagement with you a year ago, right? Say I spoke at your company, right? Um, three months, six months, whatever, a couple times a year, you're going to get a, a text message from me that just says, Darren, it's Tom. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, working with your team last year. Um, how are they doing? Mm. Just out of curiosity, how are they yeah. doing? That's it. Or if you build something for, Hey, I was thinking about that garage we built for you. Yeah. You know, how's it looking? Is it that, still standing? <laughs> yeah. But that one thing, that one thing, we call it a UIT. You do three of those a day. Okay. Like clockwork, the discipline of that. I have a guy, uh, his name's Bob. He's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, sold an additional million dollars in 2022 or 20 from July of 22 to September of 23, a little over a year by that one discipline. Yeah. Where everybody else is like going, oh, I can't get the phone to ring and this and that. Like work your damn database, man. You know, talk to people, reach out just, and it's not a sales pitch. It's not like, Hey, do you need me to come do anything else? It's, I truly care. And most of us care, but we're afraid to ask the question of how it's yes. going or how does it look? Because yes. we're afraid of what we might hear. But yeah. I'll tell you what, I want to hear if there's a problem because now I have an opportunity to fix it. That's it. So this is what I mean about the discipline of sales. To me, that's pros prospect your own database. I mean, there's millions of dollars right under our noses in our own database prospect that just do that. Well, anyway, three a day times about 200 and what is it? 64 work days a year is around 800 of those a year. You're going to tell me you're going to go over 800 doing that. Heck no, no, you're, we, we found that there's a 5% conversion rate on those. Okay. And annually yeah. you might send, send them for, I mean, I sent them before heard nothing, got a call six months later. Hey, I've been meaning to reply to you. Thanks for that message a while back, blah, blah, blah. Hey, while I got you, can you come do this for us? Yeah. Okay. Cause you never, people buy when they're ready, not when we're ready. Well, Our job is to be disciplined and be in front of them and care about them and serve 100%. them and all that. hundred percent. Cause it's, you might have your own sales cycle, but the buyers will have their, their own buyer cycle. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about there is, is keeping you top of mind in your ideal customer's world right and it's not about it is not about selling your product and selling your service mm -mm. um i always say to teams your customers don't want your product they're not interested in your product what they want is a solution to a problem that they either know they have or they will know they have once they've had a conversation with you so don't don't try to sell them right mm -hmm. you're there to support them and that mechanism of three a day of the unintentional unexpected call out it's it's touching mm -hmm. base and I tell you what, if you did that, I mean, the results speak for itself. A guy that right. does, does right. over a million bucks in a, in a year just by being there because it says that, hey, you, you care about me. You're making it about me. You're not making it about your product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I sent I sent one years ago before I, I, I knew what these were called. I just started. I was naturally doing these, and I it took one of my coaches – telling me that he did them and he had the name unexpected intentional touch. And I'm like, Hey, I've been doing those. Like where I needed to grow is I wasn't doing them. Like th he challenged me to do three a day. And so okay. I took my game to a new level. Right. But I remember sending one. I said, Julie, it's Tom. Hey, you know, I was just, um, I was driving through the neighborhood and I glanced down and I saw your house. And I remember I used to own a painting company. And I said, um, I know last time we were out there, and this was all uh, just a quick text, right? I, I said, the last time we were there, you were getting ready for your daughter's graduation party. And I was just curious how it went. Yeah. That was it. A couple days later, she replied. She's like, oh my God, it's so nice of you to reach out. We were thinking about doing this. Can you come out and look at this? And I went out and sold another $20,000 project. Okay. Because sometimes people just need a little nudge. We have $30,000 worth of painting that needs to be done in our house right now. And right now has been for over a year and a half. We've needed yeah. it done. But my painter, who I love, they're awesome. They won't reach out. They just don't reach out. And and it's it's not 
it's not on fire here. So it's like, ah, it's not a big priority for us, but I guarantee you if they were to send the queen a message, Hey Lee, how's the paint job looking? She'd be like, Hey, it looks great. I need you to come back out. Cause there's some things I want you to look at. They would have a job in a day, $30,000 job, at least right now, yeah. if they would just take that action, because sometimes yeah. people just need a little nudge. They do. They do. It's, um, and that was, is also the word consistency. Bingo. I see what you did there. I love it. See, <laughs> consistent. So, but, but remember it's, um, it's, it's not about the results. So many of us get discouraged by the results mm. when you just go, no, what I have control over is sending three a day. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What happens after that ain't on me. That's it. And then I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the night when I'm brushing my pearly whites and I'm going to be like, Hey, I did my job today. I controlled what I can control. And, and I've learned through the years that that gives that again, discipline grows your confidence, not the results. Mm. Cause I know the results will show up if I'm, if I keep being consistent. Yeah. I have a buddy who lost 150 pounds in 12 months. He came to our event last year in 2022. He was 405 pounds. Wow. He shows up for our event in September a couple months ago, and he's 150 pounds lighter. All right. And we're like, what have you been doing? He's like, I've been showing up every day and doing the work. I've been, I've been attacking the process. His confidence is through the roof. His wife was with him. The way she was looking at him, he, he could do no wrong because he was so sexy to her. Like, seriously, it was like so cool to watch, but that's what it is. You just chip away. And he's like, there were days I didn't feel like working out. There's a day, there were days I wanted a potato chip. There were days that, you know, I wanted to hit the snooze button when it was cold and I had to do my outside workout or whatever. He's like, but success doesn't care how I feel. Yeah. That's consistency. That is when I hear that and that's gold. That is absolute gold because, uh, and you'd you'd know this from the performance coaching you do. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of businesses and a lot of um, organizations that measure success based on what says on the scoreboard at the end of the month or the end of the end of the week and the year. Mm-hmm. But what we've been talking about today is is beating mediocrity, doing what is required, having the discipline, knowing what you stand for, knowing where what the objective is but then having the discipline to be consistent and unrelenting in that pursuit of excellence and the result will take care of itself. So it's then about the process you go through, the game plan. What are the activities you do on a daily basis that will compound over time? And I think there's a really, really strong message for sales leaders um, and contractors you work with as well, because you'll you'll measure the performance based on have we had a successful month or have we had a successful year? But if as leaders, we can start to measure people's success based on, are you doing things, Tom, that you said you wanted to commit to because that was important to you? That's like, you if you get to the end mind. of the day, yep. I'll, I'll brush my teeth and I'll say, I did my three calls. I did my five calls, whatever the case might be. Tick. The results will eventually come. Well, well, if you're not consistent, we'll just camp on this UIT thing, right? Say that's part of somebody's company, you're a sales leader listening to this, and you have a salesperson who is consistent in making these happen and the results aren't coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you know the problem's not consistency. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, what are we sending them? What's the dialogue? Now we could work on that. We can coach them through that. Mm. And if somebody's lacking consistency, um, that used to be a consistent person. I think one of the worst things we could do is call them in and start ripping them a new one for their lack of results. Instead, I think, hey, Darren, you know, listen, man, um, you don't seem yourself lately. Yeah. What's going on? How are things at home? Are you mm. sleeping good? Are you this? And okay, well, listen, I wanted to bring you in because, you know, you had like three record sales months in a row and now you've had two months that have been down. So let's go back to those three months. What what was happening then that might not be happening now? Mm. And now you're having this conversation. You're, you're having a sales conversation with them, right? And Absolutely. what you find is, you know, usually they'll go, well, yeah, I, I stopped. Uh, I haven't been consistent with my UITs. And you brought it up earlier. Like, well, earlier you told me it was really important for you to succeed because of these reasons. Mm. Are those things still important to you? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what do you think your next move is here, man? And they're going to coach themselves. They're like, I'm going to make my three a day. Yeah. Go for it. I got your back. Let me know yeah. what you need. Yeah. Well, that's what coaching is. You know, most people already know the answer. Well, you know, did. but if they're consistent, if they're yeah. consistent, if they're controlling everything they can control. Now we're, we're talking sales. It's a results game, hmm. right? It's like, you know, in the national football league, if you're a kicker, your job is to kick it between the post. Right. And if, sorry, but if you miss two or three kicks on a Sunday, they're probably cutting you on Monday morning. That's just how it works. Right. So I, I totally understand the results thing here, but a lot of times we're not able to identify what the real problem is because consistency is the real, the, the, the culprit here. And so if they've been consistent and not getting the results, now it's time for a real talk. Like, are you just not good at this? Mm. Right? Like sometimes people are not good at something. Yeah. I could go shoot 2000 free throws a day for 10 years and still not make it in the NBA. I couldn't even make a high school basketball team. All right. So you know, sometimes it's just, you don't have the talent and this is just, isn't a good fit for you. You have some, you've demonstrated amazing discipline and consistency and we want you part of the team. Maybe this is the wrong role. Yeah. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Yeah. But you don't know if you're not consistent. That's it. That's it. Um, and a, and a role of us as a leader, as a mentor, as a coach is to help them through that process mm -hmm. and to still, and to love them anyway, because it's, it's just because they're not quote unquote successful in that role doesn't mean they're not still a successful person or a good person. I truly believe this gets me into trouble a lot, but I believe uh, I see the good in everybody. I I'm not allowed to hire people in my company anymore because I can make a case for hiring everybody, anybody. Cause I like everybody. Okay. And, um, but I can make the case for, for anyone. And so I would, um, you know, you, you said there's still good people, right? I want good people around. If they're in the wrong role, they're miserable too. And I don't believe for a minute, this is the whole good, I see the best in people. I don't think anybody on your team right now that's underperforming is doing it on purpose. I don't uh, think they're waking up and going, hey, I'm not going to hit my numbers today. <laughs> well, I want to be really mediocre today. Yeah, you know, so it's, you know, let's let's care about them. Let's help them succeed. Um, sometimes helping them succeed is showing them the door, but doing yeah. it in a respectful way. Sometimes it's moving their role around in the company. Yeah. Um, I believe most people want to do good. And, and I, I know, you know, so this comes back to the discipline of you as a leader. What are the daily disciplines that you need to make that are non-negotiable that we yeah. were talking about earlier that, you know, the rhythm that you check in with people, the type of conversation, conversations that you're having, the training that you're providing, mm. you know, all those different things. Are you doing everything you can to help somebody succeed? Yeah. I typically hold on, I hold on to people longer than they should be here because I always look in the mirror and I go, I could have done this better. And I could have done this better. And I didn't set them up for success. And I don't ever want to let somebody go unless I've done my part. So if you ain't doing your part, you got un unproductive people, do your part and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But that's probably comes back to what you're saying before. And so you, you genuinely care about your people and mm -hmm. you want them to succeed. And sometimes you may want them to succeed more than what they perhaps want to succeed themselves. That's dangerous. <laughs> that's dang I, I, I just had this conversation with my CEO the other day. Like, do you ever feel like we want it more than so-and-so does, you know, and that's tough, but it's also, you know, developing the habit of having tough conversations when you need to. Absolutely. Which we so have to do. Absolutely. We have to do, and nobody wants to, but absolutely. Um, I don't know, man, it's this leadership thing. I don't think we'll ever arrive, right? You know, people are people. We we're all, we all have our different emotions and goals and dreams and struggles and head trash and that's why I don't, it's never going to be like, oh, now I'm a leader. Check the box. No, you know, no. And that, and that's the thing you mentioned it before, you know, a, um, an elite sports person or elite golfer, you know, they, they know mm -hmm. they never arrived. There is no such thing as the pinnacle. Right. And even when other, others think they've reached the pinnacle in their mind, there's always another level to get to, even though it's a 1% or 2% incremental improvement, they're always searching for squeezing a bit more potential out. So it'll never stop. 
and they'll always look for the next the next thing they can do, the next process, or the you know more consistency around that. So look, as we as we sort of wrap up the the session we've we've had today, which has been a fantastic conversation. From a mediocre point of view, because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just, saying, I reckon this is going to be called destroying, destroying mediocrity with uh, with Tom Reaver. Um, any other, any other pearls of wisdom that you can share with with people who listen to this around this concept of? We've talked a lot about consistency, discipline. Um, obviously, there needs to be some competence thrown into that, and obviously, confidence. But anything still top of mind that you can leave listeners with in terms of, hey, this is something to be really focused on to destroy mediocrity. Yeah, yeah um, big time. So have you heard the phrase, uh, win the day? Hmm. You know, you'll see it on social media. There, You know, people like hitting a Monday morning or like, win the day, you know, picture of the gym and all that stuff. And I, I, I appreciate where they're coming from. But what I've learned, and I used I used to be that guy, gotta win the day, gotta win the day and hashtag win day. Yeah. <laughs> and I've um over the past several years, I'm like, wait a minute, you can't win the day if you don't win the moments throughout the day. And so you know, science will tell us there's something like 70,000, 80,000 decisions we have to make in a day. Now it could be like changing lanes in traffic. It could be picking your nose. It could be, you know, calling a customer back, but of significance that actually impact, you know, your career and where you want to go. There's probably 60, 50 to six, call it 50. We'll just say there's 50 decisions a day. You know, do I call back the, the ticked off customer now, or do I blow it off? You know, do I make the follow-up call? Do I send the UIT? Do I do the role play? Okay. Whatever those things, do I go to the gym, not go to the gym? Okay. I want to encourage people to, um, you know, I, I believe the future is as beautiful as it is. And the goals that we have it, it, right now, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. Okay. And the past can't do anything about it. Yeah. And so, um, and even today, what is it about 11 AM your time? I believe, yeah. right. It's about 11 AM in Australia right now. Um, you still got several hours throughout the day, but you know, there are many moments, you know, that are going to compound. You brought up the compounding effect, right? Mm. And so my goal with people is in those significant choices that you micro decisions, you need to make each day, win those moments. Yep. And if there's 50 decisions in a day, go 49 and one, you know, not two and 48. <laughs> and the more you do that, the more you do that, the more you're going to, you're, you're going to be uncommon. It's not that hard to not be mediocre. It's really not that hard to not be mm. mediocre. And so win the moments focus on winning right now. doesn't mean other things are important. Um, but I just, for me, that's been a huge strategy of what do I have control over right now in this moment? So in, in case in point this morning, we got something in the mail. I hadn't checked the mail for a couple of days and my wife and I are at the table and we're opening all this mail and something came through with this issue that we thought we resolved a long time ago. And we got another letter from some attorney. Okay. And it just ticked me off, man. I was like, and I was starting to lose it. You know, I mean, I could feel like my blood boiling and, you know, we've already dealt with this and, and whatever. And so The one thing I did right is I said, what does this moment require of me right now? And I looked at my wife and I smiled, kissed her. I said, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> and she knows me enough to know that I needed to go blow some steam off. And I worked out. I came back. I walked in. My demeanor was totally different. I wasn't fogged by the anger. And then we were able to have a conversation and now I need to make this phone call Monday morning and take care of this. And the problem's going to go away. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. I was just pissed in the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So pay attention to those moments, be where your feet are. I think that's, that's, that's the point here. Be where your feet are, control what you can control. And those moments, the more you win, winning or losing, they're going to, they're going to stack in one direction or another. You get to choose which way they stack when you choose yeah. to be in the moment. Love it. 
What a great way to finish because stand where your feet are. It's all about being present. And if we can just mm-hmm. do that, just imagine what the quality of the relationships that we have around us mm-hmm. will uh, will enhance, be enhanced. So, Tom, been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. For people who would like to know a little bit more about the great man, Tom Reba from Colorado Springs, <laughs> where do they find more information about you, my friend? Hey, you know, I appreciate it. The easiest place is the contractorfight.com. Um, if, you know, when I'm on things like this, sometimes people are like, Hey, I want, want you to come speak to my company, but we're not a contracting business. I still do that. There's a speaking page with, you know, you could fill something out or reach out to us through there. And I'm also really active on Instagram at real Tom Reber. If you want to DM me there. Nice. And, uh, I'll also put in the show notes, the link to your podcast as well. You got it. I appreciate that. Awesome. Mate, been an absolute pleasure. I know it's a uh, Sunday afternoon for you, and uh, but I do appreciate you jumping on and having a conversation with, with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you, mate. All the best. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.